What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. We've said somber editions before. It's the ultimate somber edition. Just off of watching SIU on senior day, totally crapped down their leg when it came to a win, and you're in fourth place with the bye. They let the UNI Panthers come on their court, shoot 61% in the second half, and just absolutely dash our future. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, I mean, I'm not sure what to say because we just saw it. It's infuriating. It's everything on top of the awesome time we always love to have in St. Louis. And there is zero doubt now they have made us, like, clearly, we're not going to say not looking forward to it, but it's just not the same because we won a Thursday off. And we don't. We had to wait all night to probably watch it. We'll talk about a game that's going to decide whether that's true or not. It's a close one so far. But no, one of the biggest disappointments in a long time, and we said in the last one, this is the biggest game of Brian's career, and he didn't come through. What's going on? Yeah, obviously you wanted to um, send your seniors out the right way, and uh, we appreciate those those guys that are seniors and for what they've done for this program. And uh, I, just, I just felt like seeing – all the other teams across the conference, they what what they do for senior day. And I was really disappointed in Brian Mullins and not giving R.J. McGee a chance to start. I know there's a lot on the line, but, um, I mean, you saw what Bradley did. They played four bigs against you for Wednesday night. Uh, I saw Dawson Carper start, starting for Missouri State. I mean, we've seen it across the conference. I was really disappointed in that because it's not like the guy can't play. I understand Chris Cross, walk on, not play not even seeing the floor that's that's understandable but really disappointing in that and even more disappointing in the way Brian coaches team during this game yeah and of course when you go up against Ben Jacobson it's never going to go your way because that that's a guy that for sure is going to coach circles around you if you're not prepared in any way and we'll talk about I mean we won't spend too much time on this this is an episode we'll also have our final award picks for the ones that will come out early in the week so we'll kind of just make it towards that uh, and we'll talk about well, we said the Arch Madness preview in the middle of the week, probably the day before Thursday, talking about the matchup and talking about the official bracket because, like I said, there's a, a game still going on. Um, but you said it there too, the scene. Yeah, that was disappointing because it just shows that you know you weren't you're not confident in anyone else outside of your top eight guys. I mean, he there, it's clear as day that RJ could have started and gave you enough minutes to where you know he equated to what even. And AJ would have done in this game. And AJ had, he did have eight points in this game and eight rebounds. But just in terms of like, I don't think you're going to get many mistakes at RJ. You're going to play him until the, at least the first meeting and then take him out. That's all you had to do. And even at the end of the game, out of hand, we don't see those guys in there. They can preach how much Chris Cross means to them, but they haven't treated him correctly in a lot of ways in terms of playing time, especially when games get out of hand, either which way. We've literally seen it this whole season now. So that that is disappointing how you know they treated as such, and of course it's everything's been mismanaged, in the in the game you know in all these games itself, let alone just the moments like that. Whenever you know in the moment, it, that means nothing either which way, like we've said. So yeah, this game itself. I mean, we you know we went over there, we ate breakfast, we you know got there like almost an hour before game time, just getting the vibes around. We weren't impressed with the crowd at the start of the game. I think people started to file in. They were giving away the ten dollars tickets. Of course, like the lower bowls were packed. 
really disappointed in the dog pound. Those students didn't show up uh, really besides the main ones. They honored a lot of people. They honored the guys before the game, honored people at halftime. But nor the game itself, and we're lucky that Northern Iowa didn't get get this game out of hand early in the first half because, you know, they were able to get what they want. They weren't really missing a lot at the start of the game. They were getting to their spots. We were saying – most of these guys get to their spots and they don't miss. And whether that's Trey Campbell in the short corner jumpers, RJ Taylor getting the, the free throw jumpers, just, you know, they're role players like that. And of course they had the hockey subs of 10 guys and it's just really impressive how they do it. They definitely do it based off of matchups. Uh, and again, Jacobson's the best to ever do it for those reasons. And he's groomed his guys to be able to be 10 players deep. And no, I think that's where I'll get your opinion at the start you and Northern Iowa, not only were they red hot coming into this game, as we knew, but we also knew their depth. They're the deepest team in the league. They know that they can, you know, have their starters in there, take them out almost at once. They were There was a time where they had all new fresh five guys in, and they were treading water doing just fine. And that's why they could be really dangerous in St. Louis, why they've been dangerous now. But, no, we got – your thoughts on that, because we, we also got lucky in the first half because we went on a couple runs there that – when they were up like six, seven, eight, we were able to push forward and then media timeouts really halted our momentum. But uh, your thoughts in the first half and your thoughts on the fact that you and I uses their depth to almost perfection. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a big, big factor in the game. I mean, even though in the end you win, you win the bench points 21 to 15, but just keeping those guys fresh, I mean, to be able to rotate, Bowen Bourne the way he does and keep him fresh down the stretch and Titan Anderson and just having those role players and trusting them with big minutes. I mean, we don't, I mean, obviously with Kennard, uh, Jared and Scotty, they, they get some big minutes, but there's other guys that we could probably put in situations and trust as well. But yeah, Ben Jacobs just, just does an amazing job the way he does it. That's why he's been here forever. And that's why he's the best in the league. But yeah, I mean, them doing what they do and just rotating guys and having that depth is you just said it is why we think they have a really good chance to go on a run in St. Louis. And that's not just because they're depth. That's because they're coach. I mean, it's just crazy to me just uh, how many times I've been going back to it, but our Brian Mullen said, this is his most talented team. And I just don't understand it. And when we talk about the, the season recap at the end, that'll be one of the the sticking points was so many disappointments. They didn't end up trusting guys as we know. And it, it went back in their face. You can't say these things. And we were listening to them on the post game. Like, why are you saying we're going to go win a championship? We're going to you know, like the typical stuff you would, the stuff that I'd be okay with you saying clearly, if you would have won this game, you know, you just came off a double digit home loss for all the marbles and again, we're not going to get any honesty. We're just going to get the whole, the spiel of what people, what you know, Brian and the players, and even Luke and Rodney think that people want to hear. It's just the the over positive, just doesn't you know the timing of it just is never is never useful. It's never warranted. It's honestly frustrating. I hope we're not the only ones that think that. I, I hope people change that. I hope people listen to this, spread the word, let people know that you've got to be honest. And certain things, even you form the hard questions to Brian. We thought Rodney was good at that throughout this season, but Rodney just became the, a Kool-Aid drinker like a lot of other people and just want to know about the good moments whenever no one wants to harp on the bad. But, uh, I mean, how many points do we leave on the board here? Jarrett missed an easy layup around the rim. 
Uh, he had a dunk that he literally – it was borderline transition. He got it and just kind of went straight to the rim, probably jumped from close to the free throw line, jumped really far away, and he's so lanky. He still missed it. We got the ball back, but nothing came of it. Uh, he's lucky to get points in the first half. Scotty got, you know, a bloody nose, had to come out when he got fouled. Jared had two free throws. We thought those two points were going to matter. It's just stuff like that. And we didn't turn it over that much in this game, but it just felt like when your turnovers, you know, when they did happen, they were costly. Definitely in the second half, just throwing it to their, you know, throwing it to the defender again. It was, you know, Jared getting stripped by Heist to go fast break dunk, stuff like that. And I mean, no, that's, of course, the biggest thing, I mean, Trent, you know, feel bad for him. 0 for 6 on the day, 0 for 4 from 3. Didn't even score in his senior day. Only played 24 minutes, minus 13. Uh, of course, that's not the kind of senior day he wants. We were expecting him to to be an impact, of course, make a couple of threes, but they were making it hard. And, again, when they're revolving so many guys and whether, as you said, we we di- outdid them in the ben- on the bench, you know, that sinks to, of course, you know, Jarrett and Scotty getting about 19, 19 total uh, but they, you know, th- those guys would come in and just impact the game in other ways, whether it would be a steal, whether it would be, uh, you know, just defending in a certain way. And of course, the refs weren't good in this game again. I mean, they were touchy at the start, but they were fouls most of the time. But, and that's the thing, you want to be consistent. You know, if you're going to be bad, at least be consistently bad. You can't flip and flop, even though you could clearly change your ways throughout a game. Uh, no, I mean, we would say – I mean, we got in the bonus quick. That we got, They got in the double bonus off our fouls at the end of the first half, too. We were lucky that this game was tied at half. But, again, no, the, the second half were those costly turnovers, the inability to get stops. And, again, we go on these runs, get it close. We got it to five around whatever mark it was, eight or nine-minute mark. And then we got the ball back again. X forces a shot. They go down. Duax gets a, gets a jumper. And then they never look back after that. So that's as close as we got. It got around 10 to 7. And, we again, we just couldn't get a stop. No, this is the wrong team to match points with. And that's how – and that's what showed up at the end. Again, the costly turnovers, inability to make those shots. X was iffy down the stretch. He was good at the free throw line, of course. Um, but, again, just, just not enough. And Clarence, zero points, nine minutes, minus 22, worst on the team. Didn't do anything else on the stat sheet but the three fouls. No, I'll get your overall final thoughts of, of this game before we just move on like we know we want to. But Clarence, it shows that, again, if you start him, you know that you have a good, better guys off the bench. It makes you deeper as a team. If you bring Clarence off the bench, it, it limits your bench. And – He's just not himself, Noah. He's going through a lot, but, you know, it's gotten to the end of the season where guys are just playing better than him. That's just the bottom line. And it's realizing that when he's out there, it, it's a big-time negative. People hunt him on defense, and he's not scoring. He's not doing much. And I don't know how it's going to be for him in St. Louis. I'm assuming he's still going to start. No, I don't think that's definitely going to change. You're over, your thoughts on that and clearly how Scotty and Jared need to carry us to the finish line if there even is a finish line. Uh, but your overall final thoughts in this game before we before we end it because we just want to move on and we're obviously disappointed. Yeah, definitely. Just them getting whatever shots they wanted towards the end. Yes, they did make a couple tough twos here and there, and credit to them for that. But they get Scott. I mean, Jacob Hudson getting wide open looks like he wants and knocking them down, big time shots. Um, they just made more shots. I mean, they had points off turnovers they they were in favor 17 to 4 that's just only had we only had nine turnovers if it's less than 10 we'll take that any other night but 
Um, inconsistencies of this team continues to show when um, they've raved and raved about playing their best basketball. Well, you're on a two-game losing streak going into St. Louis and most likely um, playing the late game on Thursday night against a team you struggle against. And it's just not not a good look of where you want to think you're going to go win, win a championship in St. Louis. Again, the way they were talked after the game, you would think that they just came off a huge win and their momentum's riding them into St. Louis. But, uh, I mean, you allowed them to shoot 61% in the second half. So, I mean, they were getting whatever they wanted. They only missed two free throws in the second half. They were 8 of 14 in the first. So, they buttoned down and did their thing as well. Again, they were red hot, and they came in here and showed us. And they were we were lucky to be tied at half, and we kind of just had a weird feeling. Nate Heist didn't score at half. It's like, God, some of these guys are just going to – Going to do their thing, and of course, you know. Again, you you can't match with a team like this. Their their depth will prove will prove otherwise. So, uh, just speaking of that, as you said, of course, we lose this way. We knew we were playing on Thursday, and again, just I just want to mention again real fast that uh, well, we'll say it on the preview as well. Just the standing of Brian, and again, how polarizing he is. Mentioning this was a big game. Well, you lost it, and you lost by double digits. So. You have that hanging over your head now and the team itself and the decision makers going into this tournament, as you said, probably playing a team that uh, you do, you definitely struggle against. He struggled with the last two years since UIC has been in the league with. They'll be playing like they got nothing to lose. We'll talk about it more then, but there's a lot of pressure going into this. And we know how Friday could potentially look if you somehow win that game. But just knowing that, you know, again, there's a lot of uncertainty around Brian and his future uh, of some rumblings itself and stuff we already knew anyway just wanted to just wanted to touch on that because that was a poor ass performance they put up today so it should be hanging over his head and he doesn't you know he didn't take any blame under the post game today so again it's all just sunshine and lollipops to a lot of people so we'll see how that ends up at the end of the season um Noah as we know there's other games that are going on most of them are done or in fact or one of them there's two still going one that's more important to us and of course it's a team that's you know, if, if they were to lose in Belmont, we'd get the five. They were losing here at the start against Evansville. It's now halftime. They have a 12-point lead. They're going to stick with that so everybody can count on the sixth seed and what we'll talk about from that perspective on Wednesday. But go ahead and talk about the other games that had happened, uh, you know, so far tonight. And then we'll talk about Anthony Gauss. Uh, his season ended uh, yesterday. Yeah, Illinois State went on the road at Valpo for senior day for Valpo. Um, guys like Connor Barrett and uh, Jerome Palm um, playing well for them. Cooper Schweiger, 28 points. Um, Stafford, 20. And, a, and Valpo, the, the 12th place team in the, in the in the standings, is sweeping the Redbirds. So I think I've seen a stat on Twitter where it just blows my mind that um, somebody said it was the Redbirds are 2-14 and 14 in the last – in the last 16 games against Valpo. I just can't believe that. That's how bad Valpo has been. And that's how you're struggling against that kind of team. But um, just big time, big time for Schweiger, um, for the Redboards, Porndexter at 17, Kendall Lewis, 17. Um, other games, Bradley, this one just went fi final here in the last little bit. Bradley on the road at Drake. Drake wins 74-66 behind 29 from Tucker DeVries. Malavai Leones had 18 for Bradley. Um, other guys, 10 off the bench for Garland for Drake. Um, Birch had a decent game with 6-3 and three off the bench for Bradley. 
Atlason struggled a little bit, and Duke Dean, 13 for Bradley. But Drake locks in that two seed, um, continues looking on there. Then UIC on the road at Missouri State, most likely our opponent, UIC, on Thursday night. But the Bears win 69-59 on senior day. Uh, I know Dana Ford touched on his future after the game. Um, Wyatt Wheeler wrote an article if you guys want to go check that out. But uh, Cesar Edwards, 12 points for the Bears. Okani had 14. Um, then there's still two games going on. Um, you just mentioned Evansville down at, down 12 at the half at, against Belmont. Uh, Hughes has eight points for Evansville in that first half. Toomey 0 for 5 hasn't scored. Um, they're struggling a little bit. Tyson with 11 uh, Hughes must be doing a really nice job on Dia. Um, he only has two points, two rebounds, one of four from the field. So then one that's, uh, I mean, you want to kind of keep an eye on Murray State's chipping away at that, staying in that game at Indiana State. That's 75-64 trees right now with six minutes left. Um, but if Indiana State were to lose that, that would mean a share. It's not going to change seating, but that, that would mean a share of the first place for Drake. Um in the standings, but other than that, I mean, yeah, Anthony Goss, uh, our, a, a guy we were, were, we've talked about a little bit here more and more lately, but his season comes to an end. Um, he made some, made some tweets about, he just appreciates, um, he tagged, uh, CBC in the three years they gave him. Then he tagged Milton hoops and another tweet. Some could, I mean, really good game last night. They struggled a little bit. Uh, I kept I kept up with it here and there, um, but Anthony did have 14 points and three rebounds and a 17 point loss in the Final Four, um, in it. So that's that's one to watch. And I think while we're live on air here, I think we just had an offer. You just retweeted Antonio Munoz, a 2025 guy um, from six six. Um, plays for the Mean Streets on the EYBL. He went goes to Whitney Young. This is a guy that has a lot of offers and a lot of talent. Yeah, I would think that it did just come to our attention. Of course, it, it gets posted after an awful loss. Uh, just again, the timing of some of these is it's hilarious sometimes. But he's really good, and he's of course in Chicago. We always try to think we have ties there. Ends up not mattering. We've talked endlessly about 2025. has got some studs. Honestly, the most studs I think we've seen of the classes here in previous years. Uh, but we can add Antonio to that list. Um, you know, we've we've I think we've talked about him before, and then this offer, of course, comes about. So if they want to, again, that that all factors into the future of this program, as we know, and as we talked about, uh, you know, just a couple minutes ago. So. You know, it's it's the certainty that a lot of these players want and whatever, and if you're able to even get lucky getting players like that. But, yeah, really good season for Anthony. You know, him going to for his senior year, going to that school and doing what they did. And you said on the previous one, the road that would be if he had to win a state championship, how hard it would be. And it just shows when you get that deep, there are some good teams, but at least he did good in 14 points. And we'll keep having an eye out for Anthony Gauss, of course, in the offseason – or here, I guess, maybe in a couple of weeks, all depending about when a decision for him would come. Um, but you mentioned the other games. Yeah, I mean, I don't – Evansville had a lead there at the, at the start. They were looking actually good. I was tuning in to it to a, just a little bit. Josh Hughes hit, it. yeah, a couple threes, and it's like, hey, you know, what can happen here? But we knew it was too good to be true, and they had that lead. And then none of the games really mattered. I mean, 
Drake was beating Bradley pretty bad, I think by almost like 15 to 17 points. Bradley did storm back, made it close until it wasn't. They sent off their seniors at the end of the game. Uh, and then, yeah, Valpo swoop in Illinois State. Illinois State really, I mean, they weren't going to move in the standings at all, but uh, Valpo's got got their kryptonite apparently. And then UIC had stretches in that Missouri State game, ended up losing. So at least they don't have a win, a win coming into uh, Arch Madness because that is who we'll play. And, yeah, we'll see if Murray can cut it even closer against Sycamore. Sycamore will be cutting down some nets, and Drake will be Drake will be waiting if if Murray just makes some kind of miracle here. Drake could be cutting down them too, but it'll be Indiana State themselves. So those are the games, and again, we'll talk about a bracket here. Uh, on Wednesday, with along with teams, we'll dive into the usual, what we usually do at that point. So, Noah, let's end this somber episode just mentioning these these teams and something we you know always enjoy doing. Again, I think it's Tuesday. The awards come out. They have that dinner on Wednesday, and that bleeds into the weekend. Uh, so, by the time on Wednesday, these will be out, and we'll see how correct we could possibly be. It's safe to say that this season, it's been really hard to really decipher on a lot of things. Nobody gets this stuff right because they either they would pick it based off of name. It doesn't matter really how you're playing. Uh, but we know they've clearly done that before. And, you know, just listening, you know, Marshall the Arch did theirs recently, and they didn't have, you know, a six member on their first team as well. It might just be a preseason thing. But, no, I think we should end with the teams. I think that's appropriate. If we were to start, I think – We'll just get coach out of the way. No, I think we easily both have Josh Shirts winning coach of the year, and it it should be a unanimous thing as well. We we mentioned previously about Brian putting his name in the hat to even be a second place. Well, that's clearly not happening now. So let's just start off with all defense. And there's a lot of good defenders in the league we know, and even look at the stats, what it is. I think it's 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 good to, it's clear to say that Jacoby Gillespie would be he would have been defensive player of the year if he played a lot. We'll talk about him again. He's I don't think he's gonna make a lot of teams because he missed those seven games. But of course he's he's been hot lately. No, my all defensive team, uh, you know, based off of you know, even what they could have with stats. You know, I didn't give a, a total final look, but I think just especially if you have the eye test, Julian Larry, Toby O'Connor, Jason Kent, Malavai, and Darius Hanna. And Malavai is gonna bring home back to back DPOYs. There was a stretch there, Noah, where O'Connor Seemed like he could have been it, you know, done it. I guess he still can. He might get second. He still leads in blocks amongst Valley players. But Malavai is just having this stretch, and he's breaking those national records, it seems like. Uh, what's your all-defense, and who's who's bringing on the award? Yeah, I agree with you with your Gillespie take. I mean, I think he makes some other teams as well. Um, if he can play some more games, but – uh, player of the year, defense player of the year. I went with Malavi Leones as well. I mean, he's he's number one, number one, I think, in or top five in both blocks and steals per game. So that's incredible by him. So I have him as well. I do have his his teammate as well as Darius Hanna. I mean, he's also up there in both categories in in the stats. I have Julian Larry as well, Toby O'Connor, and I rounded it out. Um, with a guy, I mean, didn't didn't think he has much to play for defensively, but I did go with uh, Kenny Strawbridge. He's second in the league in steals per game. So if you take out Gillespie, that doesn't make the thre- threshold for games. He would lead the league in steals in that category. 
Yeah, that's a good that's a good one. I, I was thinking of Kenny as well. If there's something that he's done good this season, struggling on offense, he's definitely kept his defense there. And of course, Don Clay's of the world, X, Titan Anderson's uh, the good defenders. Just missed. Yeah, Darius is top eight in both as well. So yeah, both those twin towers are crazy. Noah all bench. And I think there's a guy that we've had on here since the middle of the season, a guy that I even forgot to mention at the time. And he's been hurt. He came back in this game. He's currently playing for Murray. Uh, Brian Moore in this Indiana State game. He's not doing much, but, you know, we'll, I'll get to another guy that some people are down on that I think he did too much at the start of the season where I don't think a slower, uh, you know, end is going to is gonna affect that. I do have Brian Moore on this all-bench team, Chuck Bailey. Uh, and this was a, this was a tough call with with doing who, who would bring home the award. Someone I don't have bringing home the award is someone I hope makes this team, and that's Scotty Abube. He showed it again today. He does it in – it's the thing. If they're going off of, oh, he doesn't play enough, well, he does it. He scores as much as anybody in less minutes. I hope Scotty can make this team. I have him. And then it's deciding whether Xavier Bletson or Cesar Edwards takes home sixth man of the year. I'm going to go with Xavier Bletson because he can score around 10, but he's one of the few guys on that team that they can rely on off the bench to make them the number one team. I think they can reward a guy like him. Uh, but no, Cesar Edwards has made himself a great case, and he had another good game today. What's your team? Yeah, I, I really like that um, that pick. I have Xavier as well. I think I think I've picked him. Maybe feels like the last three years, and yeah. he's yet to get rewarded. And I think this is the year. Maybe just because he finishes on the first place team, but he's done really well. Um, I have Colby Garland um, on my bench team. He's done a really guys nice job as a freshman off that bench for Drake. I have Cesar Edwards and Scotty Abubi on my team as well. Then I rounded it off with Tanner Cuff. Um, I think I left, I think I decided to leave Brian Moore off that last spot because I was just, you saying it earlier, listening to the March of the Arch and Tony was talking about Christian Davis starting too many games. And I think he started, Brian started one more game than Christian. So if Christian's out, I left Brian out because I don't think they either both started way too many games. But since Tony said Christian wasn't eligible, I left Brian off just in case. Yeah, and he did miss most of February. I think before today he hasn't played since February 7th. So, you know, that case, along with what we've said with Gillespie, it makes sense. It's just it's hard to really pinpoint. There's clearly been guys coming off the bench that have been good all year. Chuck Bailey's put up the points as well. I like the cuff pick. He's played well, of course, as, uh, also. Star Edwards might take home that award. We were, we were deciding if he was coming off the bench a lot. I don't know if he was, but he, he's been playing really well. Noah, all freshmen, this is – a lot of these are easy, and there's some interesting ones here a name that you had previously mentioned for that all bench. And I was, I was struggling to put him on here at the end. We know Johnny Kinziger is going to, he made a just incredible down the stretch. He's easily making this team. Kevin Overton's easily making this team. I do think Chuck Bailey can make this team. A lot of other guys have come on lately. Uh, and then I went with Jahari Williamson. Just He puts up more numbers than Kobe Garland, but Kobe has played good recently and he's on a better team for what that's worth. Uh, and then no, I have Cooper Schweiger winning freshman of the year. He, he dominated again today. He's putting up the numbers. He's honestly incredible. I know that's probably how, who you have as well. Uh, what's your team look like? Yeah, I have Cooper on my team as well. I think um, what he's done this year has been incredible as a freshman and um, just how under recruit he was at a high school. Um, then I do have Chuck Bailey on my team as well. I have Colby Garland, Johnny Kinziger, and Coven Overton. I have Kevin Overton winning my freshman of the year. Yeah, he's been great. 
and that that'd be a you know him being on the better team as well. That it's a two man race in that in that regard. No, most improved X is winning it unanimously. We both know, but a lot of people are up for this. I ended up you know putting Duke Dean on this list. He's been incredible. The jump he's made. I put him over Austin Mason. Austin had a, almost a ten point jump as well. You could you know can't go wrong with either of those two. Quincy Anderson's on this team. Jason Kent's of course on this team. Could be second right behind X in the in the running. Then I dare his hand. It seems like he does get better every year. It's crazy. Again, there's so many other options. No, who'd you go with? Yeah, there's there's a lot of options uh, not to leave off this list. But uh, I have Darius Hanna as well. I have Darius Diavaro, Xavier Johnson, Quincy Anderson, and I have Duke Dean rounding out my team. Yeah, that's a good one. And then uh, all newcomer, this is when it gets whatever. Before these teams, I still think Isaiah Swope's going to get you know the recognition for what he's done all year. I realize he hasn't had the best stretch here down the stretch. But I, you know, it's hard. A lot of people, you know, he's missed a game here or there. A lot of other people have as well. I think he just did too much at the start of the year. And even obviously the first half or a little bit more of the Valley. I have Isaiah Swope as newcomer of the year. His buddy Ryan Conwell with him as well. Uh, Isaiah Stafford, Isaiah Rivera, two on the bottom teams, but put up incredible numbers. Malik D has been incredible as well. No, again, that's that's the team you picked in the preseason. You're you're probably going to get it right there. And it stinks seeing like a Ben Hummer cows who missed a lot of games won't make this list because otherwise he would. There's a lot of newcomers this year. Yeah, and that's what I'm going to stick with that team. I think Rivera, the the three Isaiahs, um, just incredible seasons, and what Conwell and Diaz do. I think those those guys are just great, and um, I'd like to compare that newcomer team to the, the past newcomer teams. Yeah, those were really good. I mean, Attenwright, Foster, Ellington, Schwieger, just to name a few. There's so many great ones. Now, let's get into these teams here to round this thing out. We'll start with third team leading up to first. Third team, I went with Austin Mason. Again, the 10-point jump, he's been great. Connor Hickman, Isaiah Stafford, I hope, can make one of these lists. He had another nice game today. You hope he can. Nate Heist didn't have a great game today, but I think, you know, he's been the most consistent player on Northern Iowa to make any list. And since they're fourth in the league, I'll have Nate. And if they had a comeback player of the year, he'd win it. And then I have Malavai, uh, Noah Hoosiers. Yeah, I went with Isaiah Swope on my third team with Connor Hickman, Quincy Anderson, Heiss as well. Then I went with uh, this guy's just been consistent, Mister Double Double. I think Miles Foster's been great for Illinois State. I agree, he's he has been phenomenal this year. Uh, second team, Noah. This is when I was flip flopping. I do agree. I still have Swope as newcomer of the year, but I don't think he could fall much farther. It was really hard for me to keep him off first team, but I'll have him leading the second. Him and Conwell, again, buddies on this list. Jason Kent, Malik Dia, and Darnell Brody. Talk about a great second team, Noah. You're second. Yeah, I have Olsen Mason, Duke Dean, Ryan Conwell, Malik Dia, and I have Malalavi Leons. And then rounding out first team, I did. I think Duke Dean's just been phenomenal. He's on the third team. He's put up great numbers. He has a great stretch. I think he can get on first team. He's been that good. Of course, X is going to make it. Uh, Kate Tyson's putting up big numbers today. He has all year. I think he'll end up being on there. Uh, Robbie, of course, is on here. And then, no, I think we both have Tucker winning player of the year. A lot of people have said Robbie could have been that way halfway through the year. It became a two-man race at the end, but Tucker's been too good at the end. No, I think Tucker takes it home. Round us out. And your overall final thoughts before our preview on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I, have, the, I have Xavier Johnson. Tucker, Cade, Jason Canton, Robbie Avila. I think two Sycamores winning it. 
Uh, winning the league, they get two on there. They could go six. I don't, not for sure exactly, but I do have Tucker as play of the year as well. So, um, going to be interesting to see what happens, and uh, can't can't wait. Obviously, um, less excited for Thursday now going into this week because we want to sit back and enjoy it. But um, at least we can enjoy three games before we kind of have to stress, and before we go into our big preview on Wednesday. Yeah, big time disappointing game. Again, Brian and the team should feel awful about their performance today. And we'll see if this carries them. Two bad losses going into St. Louis. You were playing your good basketball until you weren't. And, again, I just cannot believe the nonsense they said after the game. You know, they should be disappointed and know that we have a chip on our shoulder going in. But they're acting like they just won the league, honestly. So, very frustrating day. Uh you know, and of course, we're not going to get any other help around the league. So everybody should expect us to be the six. And we'll be talking about that six. We'll see how close we can get with these teams. Again, they're very, very hard. We could be very wrong because we'll see how people vote around the league. And again, it's always surprising in a lot of different ways. So we'll see who comes out with some of these awards. Could see some Salukis headlined by X and a lot of these. And we'll hope Scotty gets on this list as well. Those will be the only ones. Most improved could be interesting, but none of our guys are going to be on there as well. So we'll see you guys on Wednesday to preview St. Louis. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. We'll see you guys then. Go dogs.